Hello and welcome to Ed and Red. I am Red. No, I am Ed. Oh, yes, boy. you you are Ed. No, I'm Red Face. I am Ed, and the voice you just heard is Red, Leanna Kay. Hello, Leanna. Hello. Is it? It's been two weeks. Is it too late to say Happy New Year? This is our first broadcast since New Year. Is it too late to say Happy New Year to people? I, I don't think it's too late. I'm wondering if there's a statute of limitations on, like, if you haven't seen anybody, seen the person since New Year, at which point can you, is it no longer, is it a faux pas to say Happy New Year to somebody? I think I, basically the end of January. All right, so we'll set that up. So the end of January, if you haven't seen somebody um, since December, and the first time you see them is after, is February 1st, you can't say Happy New Year. Well, okay, you can. These are not hard and fast rules, Ed. These are guidelines. But I thought you liked rules. Well, I like rules when it makes sense to have a rule. I don't like unnecessary rules. In fact, I can't stand unnecessary rules. And you're saying this one is unnecessary. Yeah, it's unnecessary. You know, like if you haven't seen somebody for a while and it's the first time you're talking to them, Happy New Year. Isn't that strange in June? I'm strange. All right. Well, that's a catch-all answer. I love how you went from January to June. They both start with J. I was alliterating. Yeah, but you're like a walking avatar of ad infinitum absurdum, you know? Thank you. I love being a Latin phrase. Or, or ad reducto absurdum. You know, these things, the concepts that I wish people would understand. So trying to have a conversation about anything was easier. Are you saying that in this conversation difficult? Yes. All right, I'm doing my job. Um... Men can do these things in a way women can't. And that's a, that's a frustration. Well, I think also I can do things in a way men can't. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that, man. People are just, people take liberties these days. People take liberties. Are you talking in person or on social? I guess not in person because who everywhere. sees, any, who sees just, anybody anymore? Just everywhere. Just everywhere. It's, I, I kind of understand the people who just push as far as they can go. And, you know, take what they can get because, you know, that's rewarded by our society. But it's getting ridiculous that, you know, because a few people behave relatively poorly, everyone else is missing out on things. So to quote that band, it's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of heavy. What? Remember that song, I Got the Power? CNC Music Factory? Yeah, is that them? It's getting, well, it's getting, it's getting kind of heavy. There were, there were two versions of that song. No, CNC Music Fa Factory was uh, Snap, Did I Got the Power? Um, oh, that's right, Snap. The same but, as that stuff you used to wash your hands, that gritty, gritty stuff that you used to sell to wash was, your hands. Snap. There was, uh, yeah, I think that was them. I don't know. There was one song that two people two different two different groups did it well there was uh but snap was, was definitely one Whitney of them. houston and dolly parton both doing i will always love you yeah but that was a deliberate cover oh 
That wasn't what you were talking about. No, I I don't know what happened. I'm not I'm not thinking of uh, uh, what did CNC Music Factory do? I don't know, but uh, probably they did it once. Uh, by which I mean no, it I was their they, only hit. I think they had going to make you sweat with CNC Music Factory. I was right. and, and, and yeah. Everybody dance now. That one. That was them. And that was Freedom Williams, CNC yeah. Music Factory. Yeah. I was at an event that was billed as uh, CNC Music Factory, Freedom Williams. And Freedom Williams was there. And everything was like he was singing to a complete backtrack, backing track. Yeah. Like he just got up there, uh, uh, you know, uh, going to make you sweat. Like it, it was so underwhelming as a performance. There was no accompanying dancers. It was just this guy repeating stuff and he was doing it so perfunctory like he's done this so many times he, he's losing the will to live yeah but did he get paid you know what based on what this event was maybe oh i see um, that's unfortunate speaking of losing the will to live we lost both since we were last doing this we lost both betty white and bob saget yes now betty white it's interesting it's hard to say she went too soon at 99, nearing 100. Yeah. You know, you know, people had this real psychological attachment to Betty White living to 100 years old. And like, I, I didn't quite when it was happening. I remember thinking this is inadvisable of, for someone of advanced age. And why does she owe it to anybody to live to a certain amount of time? You know, it, it just... She she life well lived really, really illustrious career, really undervalued until, you know, quite late in her life, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, we, we should all do as well as Betty White in life. She wasn't just, you know, a great entertainer. She was a very principled person and, and they don't make her like her anymore. I am one of the few humans. Actually, I'm not even a human. I'm one of the few beings on this planet that still remembers the Betty White show sitcom that she had co-starring John Hillerman, who went on to play Higgins on Magnum. I remember that sitcom and I remember liking the sitcom and being confused when it was canceled because it was good. Mm -hmm. Those were the days before I realized the good things are the ones that get canceled most of the time. Except for um, the Golden Girls. The Golden Girls is quality. I still watch Golden Girls. Um, now, of course, I was pretty convinced that uh, Betty White was a Highlander. Yeah, well, maybe she was. For those who don't know what that is, Highlander was started as a movie in the 80s, where, which posited a uh, race of immortals um, who could live forever as long as there was only one of them. So as soon as somebody else started to be immortal, the one who was currently immortal had to cut the other person's head off. Yeah. Um, I know, rather extreme. Sean Connery was in it. Christopher Lambert, who also played Tarzan, uh, was in it. And uh, then it prompted a TV series. I was pretty sure that Betty White was a Highlander and she cut off Abe Vigoda's head. And it's all been covered up. Specifically Abe Vigoda. Well, he was next in line for oldest. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, so now somebody did this to Betty White. Who's the next in line? Who's the next celebrity Highlander? Who's the next really old person? I don't know, Anthony Hopkins? I don't know. Is, is he even that old? There's a lot of people that are a lot older than you think in media. I'm just want to throw it out there to people, um, not expecting that they're going to respond, but throw it out there to people. Um, who is the next 
celebrity Highlander. The next celebrity we've all heard of who is really at advanced age, um, but is still somewhat um, mobile and well, coherent. Anthony, I mean, Anthony Hopkins is 84. Yeah, but when you compare that to 99, there's a picture. I'm sure, let's see, actors in their 90s. Uh, it's giving us it's giving us actors from the 90s from the 1990s yeah uh, james van der from... beek and jared leto no that's oh yeah not... they're, yeah they're both in their 90s <laughs> yeah that's that's not uh oh wow they're actually uh rita moreno how old at uh, 90 it's amazing because she was uh spectacular i understand in the new west side story that bombed so terribly did, did it bomb? I mean, th- bomb. it was sort of mired in controversy. Oh, Barbara Eden. Barbara Eden. Yes. How old is Barbara Eden? Barbara Eden is 90. All right. Bob Newhart. How old? He's 92. Him. Okay. You, Bob Newhart's the guy you're... Uh... Bob Newhart cut off Betty White's head so that he could be the Highlander. Okay. They had a sword fight. And unfortunately, Betty lost. Oh, I see. Yeah. So Bob Newhart, I'm going to share it. Bob Newhart and uh, Barbara Eden are both Highlanders. Estelle Harris, who played George Costanza's mom, is 93. Not, I don't think she she has that celebrity pop cue. William Shatner is 90. Oh, really? Harry Belafonte's 94. Gene Hackman's 91. Holy cow. Harry Belafonte's 94? Yeah. That's interesting. I would have thought he'd had his day uh, Okay, Day-o. there's another one. James Earl Jones is 90. Dick Van Dyke's 95. Hey, Dick Van Dyke's in the running, man. 95? 95 years old. Dick Van Dyke, because he's still very spry. He's Angela still- Lansbury is 95? Yeah. Uh. Clint Eastwood's 91. I think it's no, I think we're, I'm going to settle on Dick Van Dyke is the new Highlander, the new celebrity Highlander. Bob Barker's still around? Have you seen him lately? Map. No, but he's 97. So yeah. Norman Lear is 99. Norman Lear, he's still coherent in a mobile. He's, he's still but he's going. Not a, he's not like an acting celebrity. I guess not. He's a writing, uh, a writing uh, Highlander. Wow. The, Hollywood Highlander is Dick Van Dyke. Mel Brooks looks all right for his age, doesn't he? Mel Brooks, yeah, he's aged well. Or he looked really old when he, he was al- He always looked old. That yeah. that's that's possible too. All right. Some, you know, they don't make them like they used to. These these people have held up. I remember. Listen, when I was when I was a young sock, somebody who was say about seventy. Looked like someone today who was a hundred. Like people are living longer, better lives, in yeah. better health than they used to. The people are yeah. active. It's like now retirement at 65, you got yourself 20 more years to do something with. Whereas yes. be when you re- retired at 65, you were already dead at 63. Yeah. It, yeah. All right. Yeah, it's like things have really changed. I mean, that's part of the economic issues, right? Is that the population has another 30 years on this planet and our systems weren't designed for that. We have only 30 years left. What? 
What did you say about 30 years? Pe- well, people have, you know, it used to be when they, they put in the retirement at 65, people only lived till actually, actually 61. Oh, all right. So 65 was very, very old. I mean, you know, this was the new deal. So this is going back a while, but you know, now people average life expectancy. It's, I mean, it's dropped a little bit, but it hovers between like 78 and 82 which is, you know, 20 years more than when the retirement age of 65 went in. And I, I think if people want to keep working, they should be able to keep working. But that means that, you know, the jobs for people coming into the workforce aren't there and everything's just kind of backed up. Oh, I know what it's like being backed up. Christmas dinner. Oh, what? Oh. Anyway, that's personal. Wait, um, I made the Christmas dinner you ate. And it was delicious. Uh, you're backtracking now. No, it's something could be delicious and still stop you up. Okay, interesting way to find this out. That's one way for your body to enjoy it longer. Okay. All right. Um, we're going to go to break. We're going to come talk, come back and talk about happy news and sad news. Uh, okay. And uh, later on, we're going to talk about maybe UFOs. And why cats like sitting in boxes. Because today, we are not going to talk about COVID. Maybe peripherally. Oh, We are not going we to give doom and gloom proclamations Pe- or people, about COVID. Enough. People need a break. People need a break from that stuff. It's, it's become unproductive. All right. So uh, we will come back and talk about non-COVID-focused things uh, after this on Ed and Red on Saga 960 AM. <laughs> All right, Leanna. Yes, Ed. Um, this is interesting. I give people a little, a little uh, break the fourth wall and uh, see our process. When you and I were ta- trying to figure out topics to talk about, um, you expressed something that hit on an interesting topic in itself, which is the fact that so many topics of, of interest or you know, getting news these days are all sad stories about COVID. Uh, people uh, unvaccinated losing their job, uh, people dying, people getting Dude. sick, hospital beds being overrun. They're stores, not even sad, they're stressful. Closing. I thought but, you said we weren't going to talk about this. Well, this is what the stories have been about. And, and, and people, as you pointed out, people are fed up with it. And they're fed up with it because that's all the news is full of. And there's yeah. so many other things happening out there. Yeah, it, you know, I'm I'm scrolling I'm scrolling through news right now, and if it wasn't for Prince Andrew, it would be doom and gloom, doom and gloomed, and even the Prince Andrew story is, I mean, deeply, deeply disturbing, right? But other than the whole, you know, knockoff Wordle games, just doom and gloom, doom and gloom, doom and gloom, and 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 that's not really the world. That is choosing to focus on a specific aspect of the world. Well, it, it's, a, it's a symptom of the nationalization of our news as opposed to local news. Right, being, we talked about the importance of local news uh, right. before and then it still remains something that is undervalued. Yeah, it, I mean, local news, yes, profits and costs and all that stuff, but local news is important. I'm fortunate enough to live 
far enough away from Toronto that I can get local Barry news. And so I occasionally Barry, Ontario. Yeah. It is not a trade magazine for those who grow berries. That's correct. But, you know, it's it's I can get, you know, local news about stuff that's going on. I've been, you know, following the whole um, back and forth about getting a proper warming center set up for the Barry area. And so, you know, okay, that that is of more immediate interest to me than something that's happening in Ottawa, just because I can't do anything about what's happening in Ottawa. I vote. You know, I talk about it. I talk about it less and less because it's just not worth it because you have an opinion. People just attack you and demonize you for the opinion instead of asking, hey, why do you have this opinion? Maybe there's common ground we could find. People don't want to do that anymore. So I just end up reading stories about uh, cats that sit in a Vitamix box. Which was a great story, and I encourage you to look that up. It was um, super cute. But this is the thing about media, is that the narrow focus it gives us on things that are crap makes us think, by default, that everything is crap, that nothing good is going on out there, that everybody's miserable. What did you call it? The mean world uh, fallacy? Oh, mean, mean world, yeah, mean world fallacy, mean world syndrome. The idea that the more news you consume, the more awful you think the world is. That, and, that was from the cultivation, um, cultivation effects study uh, guy's name was Gerbner. It started in the sixties and I think they published in the eighties. Um, that's where a lot of, you know, weird extrapolations about say the effect of video games on people take root from, but, uh, yeah, I mean, but even, even media about media is obnoxious these days. You know, you, you can't like anything. I was, I was talking to a guy the other day and he kept apologizing for the things he liked. And it was things like Marvel movies and Imagine Dragons, right? All right, I understand apologizing for Imagine Dragons. What's wrong with Imagine Dragons? Crap. No, okay, what is wrong with Imagine Dragons? See, you're doing it now. Well, I quite like Imagine Dragons. And you're allowed to. Well, no, I'm not, because what's the first thing you did? Crap. And so you're not what? saying, no, so no, what no, no. I think it's crap? no, no, you Doesn't know mean you my have to rule. Think that way. You know my rule. If you're going to crap on something, you better give me a reason because it's just so easy to say something is bad. And then I have to go, oh, no, it's good because there's other reasons and they're really good electro pop rock and they're arena rock and all that stuff. And you just go crap. And I have to I have to justify not hating Imagine Dragons. And that is BS. Who said you had to justify it? There's no panel of judges sitting here that said just because I think something is crap. You are the judge. You immediately judged. I did not say you could not like them. You're allowed to like crap. You're just saying my tastes are crap. I watch watch TV shows that are crap and I enjoy them very much. Yeah, but say you really like something and somebody said it was crap. You wouldn't be very happy, would you? What do I care? Just their opinion. Oh, sure. Mr. Constantly on Twitter fighting people over their opinions. Yeah, but not about TV shows or music. Oh, yes. See, people fight to the death over TV shows now. The latest one is The Witcher Show. The creator of the, the, the sorry, the showrunner of The Witcher Netflix show is on the internet fighting with known YouTube trolls about it. Like, what is she doing? She's creating 
more social media activity so people will be curious about watching the witcher but i'm not curious because of that i was curious beforehand now i don't want to watch it because everything's so toxic i'm not allowed to have an opinion well you are not the average viewer you are i would say elevated but that's the problem that's the problem ed i'm not one of these pedestrian crap not crap Type So no matter what I say, I've got 50 people screaming at me and calling me a racist or a woke feminazi or something like that, just because I happen to have read the books and played the games and know more about it than some random person who who doesn't know some of the some of the references. Listen, I'll give you two examples of crap that I like. Village people and Barry Manilow. Village people is not crap. Barry Manilow is not crap. That music is bubblegum crap, but I like it. Okay, but it's bubblegum. That doesn't mean it's crap. Copacabana. Barry Manilow is a talented musician. He lost her love. And that wasn't the only song he's ever done. No, he's done many songs. Yeah. Years ago, there was this DJ I knew, and he put together tracks that, you know, the, he's all proud of the tracks that he put together. And he gave me a CD of his tracks. And sometimes, you know, it's like sometimes you'll take a CD out, you'll put it in a CD player, and then you don't have the jewel case there, but there is an empty jewel case. So sometimes yeah. you just put it in there so it doesn't get scratched. So he uh, sees the, the jewel case for the CD he gave me with his tracks on it. He opens it up, and it was the Bee Gees. <laughs> and okay. He, he almost had a stroke. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, that's another thing that's crap, like the Bee Gees. No, the Bee Gees is not crap. I think it's Come crap on. and I like you're, it. You're completely disproving your theory that you, I mean, you know, th- there's things that like, you know, objectively are not quality, but, it, you know, I, I just, I just, I have never liked, okay, I was, you know, at one point I was thought of as a teenage girl. And so everything aimed at the teenage girl demographic was crap. But you were thought of as a teenage girl. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's interesting language. I'm sorry. I thought you'd enjoy that. I, I didn't necessarily identify as a teenage girl with all the things that entailed, but you're lumped in. Right. So if you like things like Pearl Jam and Nirvana, that's weird. But if you like the things, the boy bandy stuff that teenage girls are supposed to like, that's crap. And, you know, if you liked kind of the harder kind of hip hop music that I also enjoyed, well, that's a whole can of worms and you're not just a girl, but you're also white. Right. Or dance hall reggae. That was it was it was there was a sort of a tension in high school because that was the popular stuff when you were in high school. But it's like you had to not actually sing out loud certain words, even though you knew the words if, if you were white. And that's fair. But you're constantly caught between this stuff you're supposed to like is considered garbage. But you're you're treated like you're trying to be an honorary guy or a pick me girl if you don't like this stuff. What's a pygmy girl? Is that a tri- member of an African tribe? No, no. Uh, a pygmy girl is is a girl who doesn't like things other girls like, so boys will pick her. And 
that was not why I was doing it at all. I just wasn't really down with the boy band worship culture. I mean, I went along with it because, you know, there's a certain adult approval thing where, oh, those are the concert they let us go to okay I'd go to get out of the house and have an experience but I I can't really say I super enjoyed the whole new kids on the block phenomenon uh you know it, it just it wasn't <clears throat> crap. but see but that was what I was allowed to do and that messes up teenagers because think of all the negative messaging you're getting by the time you you come of age the stuff you like is garbage but you're treated as weird if you like other stuff. I liked, uh, I still do, but I liked comic books and sci-fi movies as a teen. And uh, that was looked at as uh, not cool, uh, as liking crap. Um, uh, But I I didn't really care because the people saying it, I just determined were morons. Okay, that's not true though, because you were liking that stuff just as it was rising in, in, popular culture i think you're thinking i was a teenager a lot more recently than i was 70s i wasn't a teenager in the 70s i was a teenager in the 80s okay well even more i'm older than i was now now you're talking post superman the movie and star wars you cannot say that sci-fi was considered crap it was still it was still seen no 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 people will go to superhero movies now and still make fun of people who read superhero comics the same okay, thing. but but the, it's the same people that are looking down at Star Wars. I mean, by 82, Star Wars was a cultural phenomenon. So you you cannot say Superman the movie until until the Superman movies got really, really bad and tanked it until the first Batman. It it was that was popular culture. That was not considered nerd stuff. I was playing D D. In the 80s, that was considered nerd stuff. And you know, that was weird even... is that it still is. And that's well, that's the other thing is that if you liked boys stuff, it was considered dangerous and satanic and it was going to rot your brain. Right. But the girl stuff was considered crap. And so by the time somebody becomes an adult, they've received so many negative messages from the world. No wonder they're so riddled with anxiety and judgy and hateful of other people. You know, we we shouldn't be doing this. We should not be doing this. So should we stop? This, what are you saying? We shouldn't be doing the radio show? Um, who knows? <laughs> All right. Um, but what well, it's just, com- I mean, if, uh, if, a, if an act is hypocritical or fake or, you, you know, pandering or, okay, that's okay to talk about, but dismissing an entire type of music or something like the village people, which let's face it was incredibly subversive, you know, um, gay culture at a time way before that was, that was safe to be totally out about it. The village people did a lot of, did a lot of interesting things and they were like doing a new year's thing. And that dude, that main dude, he can still sing. I will defend the village people. Some of, some of their cultural symbols are problematic now and they're still using them. But most uh, notably, the Native American. Oh, yes, they're still played by somebody who looked like he was a native of Brooklyn. Uh, Who knows? But uh, yeah, no, musically, I will defend the village people. 
All right. Well, consider the, the consider you've defended them. A- Abba was seen as crap <laughs> at one point. Which, oh, come on. <laughs> Crap can be entertaining and enjoyable. No, do you know how hard it is to sing ABBA? Quite Vocal- honestly, no. Vocally, ABBA songs are incredibly difficult. I mean, both those ladies were classically trained. They have incredible voices that are still fantastic. They've lowered with age, but they're still fantastic singers. If, 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 if ABBA is so hard to sing, what, what happened with all those people who went to see Mamma Mia in the theaters and okay. sang along? Okay, that was my thing with Mamma Mia is yes, they were ABBA songs, but they didn't sound like ABBA to me. And I really struggled with Mamma Mia. I, I will admit that though, you know, Meryl Streep did her best on The Winner Takes It All. But uh, I had to sit through my family singing ABBA songs, not great. And I admit I slowly lost my will to live during that period. But that's the thing. A- ABBA is, they, the, it is, it is, intelligent composition yes they're pop songs but there is a real art to writing a great pop song i mean katy perry writes a great pop song lady gaga writes a great pop song adele writes a great blues song right this isn't crap it's pop all right well they uh both are single syllables the second letter uh, they end with a p um so similarities there um we are going to go to a break and we come back more not talking about COVID. Right. All right. Uh, on Ed and Red, you're on Saga 960 AM. And Deanna and I, Ed, are back here on the uh, Ed and Red show. And, uh, you know, something that I, I did, you know, we want to focus on more happy, inspiring stories. Something that I didn't mention when I mentioned the, the passing of Bob Saget. After mm-hmm. he died, so many stories came out about his kindness. Yeah, he was a nice guy. His, how kind he was to individuals, yeah. people who came to his show, people, friends who needed help. Like the, Usually when somebody dies, uh, you either hear nothing or you hear platitudes uh, that are just general. About Especially the, comedians. Someone, yeah, with someone <laughs> who dies. But you don't usually hear the outpouring of the good things Bob Saget did while he was alive. There's an example of a guy that for quite a period of his career, he was associated with what people considered crap. Oh, yeah. But uh, so it was. I mean, okay, Full House was not was not the most quality show. It it was it was cloying. It was very white. Um, But a lot of people found comfort in it. It was comfort programming for a certain segment of the population right and then he and then he did america's funniest videos which was essentially youtube before youtube Um, no america's funniest home videos was awful he would read these horrible lines and you'd see the look in his face where he's saying to people i know these are horrible lines that yeah that's the laugh track that's what kind of made it work is that losing his will to live face right i think actually uh, all that time on America's Funniest Home Videos, losing the will to live, is what shortened his lifespan to 65. Uh, I won't say that. Because anyway, I mean, he had a, a sitcom. I didn't even know about this show that had a young Cat Dennings on it. And she's heard of great. It. You know, I, I forget, Father Something, or I don't know. It was him. Uh, he, he got this, this niche as a single dad, like a, a widower. 
And apparently he joked that Kevin Costner made three or four baseball movies. So I'll take it, you know, but yeah, he, he, you know, trucked along and, and did this honest, honest work. And that's another one, you know, I, I jumped on the bad bandwagon of, um, of, um, you know, what the heck that show is called full house. Full house. No, well, that's come back, but you know, Full House back in the day, I, I admit I couldn't stand that show because all the girls in the family were like, they all looked like the girls who picked on me in school. But I mean, when, 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 when you were identified as a teenage girl. Yes, as I was, as I, I was, I was uh, identified as a teenage girl. Um, but, you know, there's an example of a career that that dude spent a lot of time associated with stuff people thought was crap. And I don't understand why in media people don't understand that a job's a job and you don't necessarily create the job. You need a job, you need a paycheck. So you do things that, you know, are, aren't the most fulfilling and people job shame over stuff. I mean, people job shame a lot of things, but I wish people would stop doing that. People don't work not great jobs by choice. They work not great jobs because they need a job, you know? Well, I'm happy to report that uh, uh, due to his passing, Bob Saget is the first cast member of a new show called Open, uh, called Full Crypt. Oh, boy. Too soon? Too soon. Plus, I blew the punchline. All Too right. Soon. I, I also think probably it's that name's probably been taken. Full crypt? Yeah. That's entirely possible. Um, so where is the article? I've lost the article about the UFO guy. No, but I mean, okay, let's let's compare. Okay, we'll take Bob Saget, who did a sitcom, a bunch of sitcoms that people thought were crap, versus this 90-day fiancé lady who ended up in the hospital because she hurt herself farting in jars for 500 bucks a pop. Yeah, that's, I mean, it was. It, okay, if you're going to pick how to embarrass yourself in public, I'm going the Bob Saget plan, man. I mean, I I completely applaud what Stephanie Matto is doing. I wish I had her lack of shame. But, man, you know. Well, here's the thing. I applaud this. This She says she's a reality star. I don't know from what. She, this she was, was a 90 Day Fiance. Okay, this took place in Britain, I believe. Did it? Um, I think so. I think that the two hundred thousand is a translation of the number of the amount of pounds that she made. Or right. I read the article in an, in a British thing, and they converted the two hundred k to to pounds. That's I don't know. Saying, oh, she has an IMDb page. Um, where's oh. her Where's her bio? Listen, I will look it up as as you talk. I give full credit to this woman for making so much money. By selling her farts in jars. $200,000. I know years ago when I was, a, when I was younger, there was a, a novelty product called Pet Fart that was just this yeah. jar that you could unscrew um, and, and fill. Um, here's the thing. What kind of fool pays money for this woman's fart? First of all, what is the half-life potency of a fart in a jar? No, she's okay. she's American, man, by the way. She, her Twitter says New York. All right. Um, wh what is the half like when you open it up? What is it even smelling? Secondly, I... how do you know it's her fart? How do you know 
There, she hasn't set up a cottage industry of people with gastrointestinal distress who are filling the jars and sealing them. How do you know it's her fart? What distinct trademarks are there that indicate that it's actually her fart? Well, yeah, now- like, What kind of fool? What kind now of fool she has would pay for that? The same fool that buys NFTs and that's why she's pivoting to NFTs. Like you make it, a fart an NFT? It she is selling fart jar NFTs now. It I really think she's doing um, some very interesting social commentary with her own flatulence. I I this is far smarter than you get from the average attention seeking influencer social like reality TV star. I I think this woman's kind of got it going on. I give it to her. Because, you know, this is genius. She's made $200,000 selling the idea of her farts. And how quickly would you have to seal that jar to keep that fart in there in the first place? Assuming the fart goes in it at all. I mean, the, well, listen, there I'll is get, no listen, quality I will, I will give the trust that whoever it is that's farting in this jar, whether it be her or subcontractors, are actually farting in the jar. Well, this is this is a whole fetish thing, right? There's fart fetishes. Yeah, there are. Ugh, there, God, kill the world. Yeah, there there are. And, you know, some of these because she's she's in that sort of whole OnlyFans ecosystem as well. I don't think it's OnlyFans. It's something like OnlyFans. But, Only you know, farts. some some of these guys just want to feel close to these women. And this feels like a connection. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's this whole mystique that these, these women build up around themselves. I have, I've never had this skill. And I really tip my hat to anybody who has this ability to build up this mystique, this narrative around themselves that people will buy jars with the idea that there's a fart inside it. Like if you sold spit, at least there's something tangible there. I I guess. I mean, I think it's yeah, I, I don't know. It all right. Well, listen, there is what was it, PT Barnum? Said there's a sucker born every minute and two born to take them. Well, th this is a continuation of that tradition. This is more but... of a sniffer than a sucker, but I mean, okay, on on in this case, everybody sort of knows what the deal is, though. So who's it hurting? Uh, well, I guess ultimately, no, this is a victimless crime. Well, th there's no crime here. It's, it's just a transaction. People is she are using a glass. Is she using a glass jar so that it's actually better for the environment than plastic? Well, yeah, it's a glass jar with like a cork top and it looks like there's like rose petals or something in it. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, um, that was a that that section of the show just raised the erudition of this project substantially. Huh? We're going to go to a break when we come back. There's a good story I want to share. All right. Okay. So we will do that when we come back here on Ed and Red. Okay. Now here's a story that uh, lady. sorry yeah, that was almost a me. 
This is a story that warmed the cockles of my heart. Okay. So it happened in the States. Um, uh, this nurse who had been working at a adult daycare facility, which is adults who need, need care. Um, she got a call from one of the people who had been at the adult uh, daycare place uh, saying that his dog was in the dog pound because this man was uh, taken to the hospital and they can't let him keep the dog. And since he had no other family or friends that could help, the dog went to the dog pound and he had raised this dog since a puppy. And he asked this nurse if she would help look after him. So she did. She went to the dog pound. She applied to take the dog. She got the dog and she brought the dog every day to visit this man in the hospital mm -hmm. a couple times a day, keeping the two of them together, making him probably recover faster because psychologically that, you know, psychology has a lot to do with recuperation. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is this is a good human being. This was in Rome, New York. Especially and, nursing right now, you know, this is above and beyond. Like this is why do more, and I think more people do this than we think. I think more people do acts of kindness like this, go out of their way with acts of kindness. I think it happens far more than we would imagine. I think people are far nicer or far more decent on the, on the whole than people are, than we give credit for because all we're surrounded by is TV fiction of terrible people. And even now terrible people are heroes like Dexter, our I, heroes of people. And we've got the news, as we talked about before, which only talks about the world being bad. I think if we get more stories like this nurse, Jennifer Smith, um, and her helping of her patient, John Burley, and the dog Boomer, um, mm -hmm. if we had more stories like this, people would think the world is not so crap. Well, I also think that if, if media started rewarding kindness more, people might actually start being kinder to each other. I've noticed that even on my YouTube channel, when all you focus on is your critics, you cultivate more criticism. When you focus on, you know, people who behave well and positively contribute and, you know, offer perspectives maybe you didn't think of, but it adds instead of just criticizing, well, then you, you cultivate that and you get a higher quality of commenter. Of course, the trade-off for that is you get less attention because people just want to hate on things. And if you don't take the bait, they go to someone who will. And so, you know, yeah, every, everybody has a role to play going back to the not calling things crap without a justification um, thing. You know, everybody has a role to play in not just complaining about the world being cruel and mean and cold, but making it better. And I mean, nurses right now, I they don't get enough credit and they don't get enough support and they don't get enough praise and they don't get paid well enough in, in my opinion. Not for we, what they do. Yeah. We need to pay nurses much, much better. Well, it's just the kind of, you know, that's the thing that's crazy about society is we will pay professional basketball players millions, millions upon millions um, to entertain us. But when it comes to people who provide the essential services so that we live and are well enough to go be entertained, we completely undervalue them. Supposedly, during the, the first wave of COVID, we started to respect and understand the value of frontline workers. 
grocery store workers, things of that nature. Yeah, that didn't last. Yeah, that was that was a nanosecond. That was a fart in a jar. Yeah, that 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 was a fart in a windstorm. Never mind in a jar. Uh, We we for a brief moment in time had to completely rely upon these people who are the backbone of the, the systems that keep us able to buy food, able to buy clothing, able, able to do everything. Um, I, I don't the know. system was laid bare and there was there were the people who are the, putting their backs into keeping things going all the time. I, I, I admit I've been more conscientious about my interactions with frontline workers because of this because you know and and we probably should have been better about this before covid but you know i'll I'll take i'll take that bit of self-criticism and say hey i'm doing it now and you know and it's everybody you were never rude to people come on i I wasn't rude but now instead of just sort now part of it is moving and being in a neighborhood where people actually smile and talk to each other, uh, it's it's a very different retail experience than where I used to live. Uh, people barely made eye contact where I used to live. But I, I, you know, I try to instead of just not instead of just providing a neutral experience for that person who is a frontline worker, I, I try to be kind of actively positive, you know, give them a nice interaction instead of just a neutral one. And I don't know how much that matters, but I you know what I really believe I that really some do. days I really believe that some days having a decent interaction amongst a bunch of interactions that are just uh, generic. Um, I think that can make a difference to people. Oh, personally, whenever somebody is nice these days, it's it's like oxygen for me. I'm still surprised because people are just so. There are nice people out there, and I I, I want to believe there's like clusters of nice people, and I just haven't found them yet. But the negativity is, and it's unnecessary, you know, Ed. Like people just crap on stuff to crap on it, and I don't get it. I I really don't get why people get so personal about not liking something. It it used to be, you know, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. Well, that was not my tagline. Well, I know it wasn't. But you know the whole, if you don't like it, don't watch? That's that's my attitude. If I don't like something, I'm not going to watch it. People aren't going to make me watch it. I, you know, I'm not going to feel bad for not watching it. If well, I, that's not how it goes today, though. That no, I know. Today, there's required watching so you can be a jerk about something. Well, there's also, if you don't like uh, something you've seen, you determine it cannot exist for anyone anywhere. It should not, it, it displeased you uh, or did not entertain you sufficiently. It should be expunged yeah, from human weird. history. You should stomp on it like a flaming bag of dog crap on your porch. Yeah, that, that's uh, that, that's another thing I don't understand. I mean, there's plenty of shows out there that are not for me, but I'm glad other people like them. You I know? cannot understand Doctor Who. I think Doctor, I've tried to watch it. I think Doctor Who is crap. But I recognize that there are people who find it good, and there are there are, there is some quality to the production of Doctor Who. I simply don't understand it, so I don't want it to go away. I mean, I'd rather not talk to most Doctor Who fan, adult fans. Um, but- See, that's that's the thing. I like Doctor Who fine, but there's I know some very nice Doctor Who fans, but the fandom 
is insane. And so I find myself not staying current with Doctor Who, so I don't have an opinion that can can be attacked, you know? Well, I mean, that's waving the white flag in a smart way. Well, it's like the uh, the the latest Witcher series too, right on Netflix. Yeah, I've I've been spoiled on some of the changes. I don't like some of the changes. I saw the problems coming on first season because the way they've changed things, and but it's become so loud and crazy and the showrunners in there fighting with people and and I just don't want to watch it anymore. I know I said this before, but you know, I played the games. I read I read the books. So I played the games and read the books. I really love The Witcher 3 the video game. So I love The Witcher 3 the video game. That does not mean I expect or am required to enjoy the Netflix show. They're totally different things, right? Well, I will agree with you there. And, and uh, we could talk further about stuff on Netflix that people could find and enjoy. But we will do that another week because we're out of time. Hey, we filled uh, the show. We filled the show. Um, and I'm sure someone will say it was crap. Well, I hope so. Um, uh, Leanna can be found on Twitter at Red Leanna K. Her YouTube channel is Leanna K with uh, videos uh, four days a week or five if you're uh, a member of uh, her support group on Patreon, support group <laughs> doesn't sense. sound right. It does not sound right. That does not sound if right. You support her work on yes. Patreon. Um, I have to update that page. What oh, is the, do you know off the top of your head what your Patreon address is? Uh, Patreon.com slash Leanna K. All right. Patreon.com slash Leanna K. Find me, uh, newmusicnation.ca, showing you the best uh, music videos from artists across the country, across various genres. Um, and, uh, that's it. So, uh, anything you want to add? Nope. All right. So as we always say, when we're done, goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.